1: Okay, hello boys and girls, men and women of all ages. Um, welcome to the Take the Black Live, live podcast and chat show. Um, I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinterIsComing.net, and I am here with who?
0: Mia Johnson, entertainment editor over on Fansided.com.
1: And we are here to talk about all things fantasy, sci-fi, TV, movies, books, uh, novels, pamphlets, leaflets, entertainment of all kinds, and as always... There always seems to be the most going on, Mia. Even in the lot times, it just does not quit.
0: It does not. And, you know, I'm kind of ready to dive into that today. I've taken a little break. I'm off on my vacation. And they're like, now here's all this stuff.
1: (laughs) Did you enjoy your birthday? Because last week we we, we pre-recorded it. And did you get some birthday messages? Uh
0: Yeah. Oh, I have to go back and look at them. Uh, But, yeah, it was really nice. Went up to Wisconsin. Saw some nice, you know, scenery enjoyed um, being on their lakes and rivers, so it was really nice.
1: Beautiful. Um, and hello, Sherry. Hello, Terry. Good to see both of y'all. We have some controversial things to talk about today. Um, it's, you know, it's not a big entertainment. It, it, isn't it amazing how even in the midst of coronavirus, people are still finding things to get, I don't know, like to just like to raise hell about and to be furious about and just like juicy topics are not ab- uh, abating at all. Even though we're all no, talking maybe no, it's just doing more.
0: Human nature is <laughs> always something.
1: But first, I thought we would do. Um, hey, Sherry, Terry. I thought we would do some lighter stuff first, just to lighter.
0: This this is the most controversial of them all.
1: <laughs> okay, we'll, 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 we'll let you guys, we'll let the people watching decide. Um, Jason Momoa of uh, uh, Game of Thrones and Aquaman fame. You know, he, he had a good run, but I think he never quite found his niche as Khal Drogo or as Aquaman. But now I think we can definitively say he definitely has found the role he was born to play. Jason Momoa is playing a f- live-action version of Frosty the Snowman, noted Christmas icon, who comes alive when he put a hat in his head in a new live-action-slash-CGI movie, Frosty the Snowman.
0: Ooh.
1: Mia, do we love?
0: You know what? Well, I've told you my thoughts for We need to... See, the Frosty, I think, in the image that we're sharing here is a little round. He's a little, you know, chubby and fun, kind of like a Pillsbury Doughboy. But this uh, Frosty the Snowman, without a doubt, needs to have a six-pack. There's no other way if it's Jason Momoa playing him.
1: I mean, <laughs> I imagine it's going to be, you know, a, a kid's movie just using... Because I, I think he, he's gonna be like the voice. He's not gonna be like. Unfortunately, I was hoping they would like put him in like makeup and a button nose <laughs> and like yeah, like a, a slim fitting tight suit to kind of show off his nice body for watching the Snowman. But <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing it's gonna be his voice, maybe in a mocap thing, oh. and uh, with the kids walking around him. Oh, I mean, it's, it's 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 a fun idea, right? Yeah,
0: it's fun Better idea. I would like type. to hear. Yeah, I would like to hear his kids
1: or his his Frosty the Snowman voice. Me me. Too. He's like
0: Happy Birthday or something like that. That would be hilarious.
1: It's like he's such a. I mean, I associate him just because of what he plays with these kind of fearsome, kind of intimidating guys. Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. gonna, I mean, his star has really, really risen. If, if if he can go from playing Aquaman, a superhero king, to Frosty the Snowman.
0: Oh yeah, the range that's
1: he can't do. Reminds me of
0: my my favorite Benedict Cumberbatch, who, you know, is like a serious guy. who's like Stephen Hawking. He was mm-hmm. Dr. Strange. He's Sherlock. And then they're like, and now you can be the Grinch. It's like, all right, I guess I'll be
1: the Grinch. He was also <laughs> a smile. Do you ever see those behind the scenes thing from the Hobbit where he was oh, like yeah. crawling on all fours in the dragon oh, yeah. mocap suit, just like making the faces. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty great. I thought Not I should have kept that. And as Lisa says, I still so want to see us play Frosty. That should be fun. I agree. Another light news, um, have you ever seen the Princess Bride, Mia? Are you familiar with that? Oh, oh yeah, so we watched cinema. it in
0: class one day. That's that's public school for you.
1: In class?
0: <laughs> oh what yeah. In class. It was like it, it was my science teacher's favorite movie, I guess. So he was like, "I'm putting this on. You've got nothing better to do."
1: <laughs> that is another. That depresses me a little bit. I mean, oh yeah. At least choose something that's relevant. Okay, whatever. So, Princess Bride, I'm twenty six. Classic, beloved fantasy movie. All the lines. I'm, yeah, uh, Nicki Minaj. You can be my father, parent die. All that stuff. Mm. So, to me, this is the best thing Quibi has done so far. They are remaking the Princess Bride in ten minute increments, filmed by a number of celebrities who are all at their, you know, quarantining at their homes. Mm-hmm. The likes of like tons of folk. The likes of Chris Pine, Tiffany Haddish, Neil Patrick Harris, Hugh Jackman, Elijah Wood, Jack Black, Taika Waititi. Of course, he's in everything. John Hamm, Dave Batista, Josh Gad, Pedro Pascal, and Sophie Turner, who we see here from Game of Thrones as the Dread Pirates Robert, beautiful, with um her husband Joe Jonas as Princess Buttercup, oh. which is a uh, smart smart casting. <laughs>
0: That is hilarious. I saw, um, who was it? They released a clip with Jack Black, um, and, oh, um, Pedro Pascal as, as, um, you know, the mask guy.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Wesley. <laughs> the,
0: Wesley, right. That's right. Yeah. That, now that, I was like, no, 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 not as the mask Jack Black was Wesley and, um, okay. and Pedro Pascal was the prepare to die guy.
1: Oh, them, hey, the you the, Yes, the guy with the long name. Oh, <laughs> I totally see that. Yeah. He is a dead Mandy Matankin Ringer. That's perfect for him. Yeah, yeah I love that, that for
0: him. Absolutely perfect. So I really enjoyed that clip. And then I saw that it was going to be a series on TV. I thought it was just like some buy, and I was like, oh, man, why
1: Kiwi. <laughs> I know, I know it's Quibi. But I mean, I I, I got to say, um, the best thing Quibi has done so far, like, I'm still not going to get it, but this is their best swing easily. Yeah. Always yeah. <laughs> Poor Quibby. Yeah Maybe it'll
0: yeah, pull Josh, it out It could, uh, you know, Josh Gad is in everything Like you said, Taika Waititi So they've got those, you know, big kind of players To help keep them afloat, at least for a little bit
1: Well
0: Yeah, go ahead
1: <laughs> just Before we move on, really, really quick I gotta confess this on the internet for everybody I never saw what was so great about that movie I never got it It was just I mean, I think it's cute. I thought it was fun. I never got uh-huh. how those lines became, like, so dominant and just memeable for days and weeks and months yeah. and years and decades. But if you like it, good for you. It's a cute little project.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fun
1: time. Okay. Are we, hello, Sarah, by the way. Good to see you. Are we ready for the controversial part of the uh, program? Ooh, let's dive in. Before we go on, I'd like to pause and say that we are available, of course, on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. So if you want to hear us blather on your commute, if you still have one, or just, you know, if you're walking around the house in quarantine, feel free to download us there. All right. So there are two heavy topics on hit today. The first actually is not that heavy at all. Um, there is a rumor going around, and it is a rumor, but it's getting, uh, it's getting some major kind of play right now. Uh, courtesy of a YouTuber named Overlord DVD, who is claiming because of his sources, and this guy is a guy who uh, did get some the rise of Skywalker spoilers ahead of time. This is a Star Wars story, buddy, Julie. If you're watching, it's a Star Wars story. Uh, sorry. So this gentleman is claiming that there is a planet Disney to erase the Star Wars sequel movies, The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker, from the Star Wars canon to reset the franchise, basically, because Lucasfilm realizes they have a massive problem on their hands and the Star Wars franchise is all but dead, says he, according to his (laughs) sources. And so it would be in this reality like they would exist in this alternate, separate kind of canon, kind of like the Star Wars Legends things do. So what do you think of that, Mia? Do you like me find it to be a ridiculous proposition that um, has no place in a world bounded by the laws of physics?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. It sounds like a bunch of baloney. Um, It it, to me sounds like a lot for Disney to invest so much money and three movies and creating this legacy and you know plastering them all over posters and funko pops and all these things and then being like but you know what just kidding it never happened you know it's just this kind (laughs) of off it to me just sounds so ridiculous but the the first thing that comes to my mind when i think about this is mostly let's be real like the vocal fanboys when they don't like something You know, they're either going to petition to have it remade or, you know, going to harass the actors or going to, you know, do all, jump all these, you know, bridges and stuff just to be like, just to justify why they think that it's bad or that it shouldn't exist. I don't know why that is a thing.
1: (laughs) Oh, like, the why is a topic for, like, lots of dissertations, right? That's what fascinates me about this. It's that we're, like, half a year out from the end of the kind of sequel trilogy, and the levels of butthurt that kind of infected parts of the fan are still there. Like, yeah. people see for so long. There are still folks seeing of the end of the Game of Thrones, the way that ended. And just, that video, I, I watched part of it, and he even has, like, a Photoshop of, like, Kathleen Kennedy, Lucasfilm president, like, grafted onto Emperor Palpatine's body. So, like, that should tell you kind of where this guy's biases are. And, yeah. like, it, 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 it's the ability to look like a fact, straight in the face, and say, that's not it. Like, he's saying, like, Star Wars, (laughs) Lucasfilm has realized Star Wars is all but dead. Like, what? What are you talking about? Is this the thing that we're going to have the Mandalorian and the Obi-Wan show and the Cassian Andor show and the Asaka Tano show? That's the dead franchise? That's the one you're talking about? Mm -hmm. The thing that sells, like, the Funko Pop and the merch and the aircraft carriers full of dolls and plushies every single day? This is what you're talking about? With Michael Keaton making a movie, it's absurd and yeah. just. But again, like we're talking about it because it gained traction. This guy's video got like five hundred thousand views in a couple of days. Wow. It's like I, I think it's it's the power of people in just certain people in certain fandoms to get a narrative in their head and to just commit to it. Yeah. regardless of like what's happening out in the real world. It's very, yeah. it's very, it's very interesting. Yeah. And it's very true and it's entertaining, but also a little scary. So that, that that's my take on it. it.
0: Yeah, it is. It kind of reminds me kind of like on the Marvel side when, you know, the guys didn't like Captain Marvel or Brie Larson. Honestly, I'm, I, I can only imagine because she's a woman and, you know, was the first uh, solo female superhero, and it sounded like they were trying to come up with all these rumors, like you know, Marvel didn't like working with her, or they're going to try to find a way to get her out of the series or something. And the movie, the movie performed extremely well, made a billion dollars. I would say generally everyone loved it, so I'm not really sure you know, Star Wars. why.
1: It's two billion buck movies.
0: Yeah, I don't see why they try to you know push this type of you know talk or, or try to get people to be on their side and believe that. Oh yeah, that must be true, or it must be true just because you say that it's not doing well. Because in your opinion, it sucked. You know, does not in fact mean that you know they're in shambles or Lucasfilm thinks you know they're they're on fire or something. Because I assure you, they are not (laughs) on fire. They're not. I feel like all but dead. Right? They think they're scrambling in the way that maybe like DC is scrambling. Now I do believe that at some point after Justice League, DC was scrambling, but I still wouldn't even. Think that they would even go to extreme lengths is to kind of just scrub you know the justice league out of their out of their way or anything like that like come on give me a break
1: <laughs> i mean you mentioned dc which is a perfect i think I, I we we have to take that segue now although lisa has a good comment i think it's a crazy idea i agree too much money to go back and do again just to please some who didn't like the films mm-hmm. exactly like mm-hmm. i i, I People can't seem to get that through their head. Like, that's not how a corporation thinks. It's just <laughs> yeah. not. Like, they are not... Like, at, at their corporate board meetings, they're not going... Now, we measure success by how successfully we have um main, uh, stayed true to the canon set out in the film. So they're going, like, what made us money and what didn't? Mm-hmm. The idea that there is... <laughs> Like, a power struggle within the Disney corporate infrastructure to get, to erase films from canon because they were disliked, even though they made billions of dollars, it's ludicrous. Yeah. But again, like, narratives are so powerful. Narratives are more powerful than facts. Did you know that? I just found (laughs) that out. They are more powerful than facts in a lot of instances for fandom, for politics, for lots of stuff. Yeah. Other things. So that's very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of DC, of narratives, of controversy, um, let's chat a little bit about some heated brouhaha happening in the Twitterverse right now. So you you mentioned DC, you mentioned Justice League, how they were scrambling, which I think they probably were. And I think they've kind of turned it around, by the way, a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think DC has bounced back a bit with Shazam and Wonder Woman and Aquaman. I'm mm-hmm. um, Jason Momoa. It's all connected today. Um, Anyway, they are releasing the Snyder Cut uh, next year on HBO Max, which is the Zack Snyder's ideal vision of Justice League, the movie, which he had to leave in the middle of directing because of Family Emergency, and Joss Whedon was brought in to direct it, you know, created by the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly, the Avengers director, big name. Okay, um... Just today or yesterday, uh, Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in Justice League, one of the superheroes, and that one who was like kind of given a whole lot of uh, screen time. I think the yeah. only one who doesn't like have a solo movie either out there or on the way, um, basically threw Buku Shade at Joss Whedon and said, and I will quote <clears throat> this is Ray Fisher, actor in Justice League, talking about Joss Whedon, director of Justice League. Joss Whedon's onset treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was enabled in many ways by Jeff Johns and John Berg, who were two producers on the movie. Um, accountability is greater than entertainment. So, that's pretty serious. What do you yeah. make of it?
0: Yeah, it was interesting because he had, um, previous to this on, like, Monday, he had tweeted out a, uh, clip from Comic-Con, and he was there, and in the clip, he was answering probably, like, a fan question, and he was like, yeah, you know, uh, Joss Whedon is cool or something, he was like, um, Oh, he was like it was. A, Zach found a good replacement to help finish up the movie, basically. And and that retweeting, he was like, you know, I retract what I said about, you know, what I had just said. And so it's kind of like, oh, what is going on? And so then, so like,
1: to- I thought he was like talking about like I don't like the theatrical cut or something. Like I yeah, like, I thought maybe he was just like not getting quite the right words. Like I didn't think he was. I mean the obvious intent was i would track myself about joss whedon but mm-hmm. i don't know so I was like I, I i didn't think that we were going to go there but now, yeah, it's, really. now it's unambiguous. Yeah,
0: he, he really went there and i mean these are some really big words you gross abusive unprofessional completely unacceptable. like that to me really kind of sets the tone for i really don't know what was going on on that set but you know it, it's kind of disappointing um especially because this was like a really big major role for him he really didn't have anything else going on at the time um and it's funny i was like looking back at pictures from the premiere uh try to get a picture for him for the story i wrote and it was like he was smiling at the premiere on the red carpet having so much fun it was like wow you know this was an awesome opportunity for him but it really sucks to hear that uh you know he was apparently treated in this way or probably he says the cast and the crew um were treated this way which is like ouch
1: I mean, yeah, and th- there aren't any specifics, which mm-hmm. I'm of two minds about, you know, because I feel like when you, you say something like that, it's obviously very serious. Yeah. And then, like, w- when there are no specifics, it, it kind of like leaves this this vacuum to like you 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 fill it with what you think might have happened.
0: Like, yeah. I've
1: been looking around Twitter now, um, which, as we know, is always the number one source for all information that is true and accurate. And people were talking about instances where he wanted, like, Gal Gadot to do, like, a... The Flash Falls in Your Bosom pratfall. Yeah. And she, and she wouldn't do it. And he had a stunt double do it. And then more things from his past, like, started to bubble up. Like, there was an incident on... And again, like, the the, the problem with all of this is that it's it's all, like, kind of conjecture you now. Like, there's nothing solid... There's an issue where on Angel, the actress Charisma Carpenter, which, by the way, I was a giant fan of Buffy and Angel and stuff, um, was kind of chilled out of the role after she became pregnant and they had to rewrite the story around her and then she like didn't get renewed for the next season. Um, and, of course, there was the issue a couple of years back when his ex-wife wrote a pretty scathing editorial about just saying that he had affairs, like he uses this kind of veneer of I'm a feminist to mm-hmm. get away with exploiting people. And, like, he never quite went down for this stuff. Um, and, I mean, as far as I know, he's, he's still working. And I, I'm not sure if or, or or I'm not sure what this changes or if this changes anything. Like, do, do, do you think, like, this general... Do you think that... that we're going to get more and do we need more
0: i would say yes and i think that's kind of on uh you know ray F- ray fisher to open up on his own terms when he wants to um you know kind of tell i because I, it, it you know it, it it's kind of like in a courtroom it's like you know you are in a way innocent until proven guilty. So you do need, you know, the backup and him saying these things. is kind of like, you know, there are other people who have come out, but I would, it's kind of weird to say, be interested to hear what he had to say. But I mean, I think that could set a very big precedent if he did kind of go out and, and open up a little bit more about this because, you know, maybe Josh Wheaton really is a terrible person. then. Everyone else in Hollywood would know, like, hey, let's, <laughs> you know, let's not keep him around anymore. You know, he he really is what people say he is.
1: I mean, like, now is, I think, a good time to, you know, call people out and, um, you know, hold people to account.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think there's a lot of energy in that right now. It, it would be good to do that. And I, I guess that's where we are. It, it is kind of a nebulous space. I mean, again, yeah. it's it, it's hard. Like on the Wick club today or this month, we were talking about problematic creators and how to like square bad behavior with something you love. And I'll I'll admit, like I grew up on Buffy and yeah. Angel and Firefly, and you love the Avengers movies.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, back
1: in the day. Um, and just trying to figure out a way to thread the needle through. Um, how can you like this person's work when they are behaving badly or have a history yeah. of bad behavior? And then you add in like the nebulousness of this. And I guess, I guess I'm guess i just curious to um, see what develops and see if there's a bit more meat on the bones yeah. of the accusations. What's
0: interesting about Josh Whedon's character, if I will say, is uh, a couple of friends and I, we get along to read the Avengers script, the um, first one, just as, like, something fun to do, and I was like, oh, you know, this has to be very prophetic it has to be, it was, <laughs> and, and you know, this this is a little bit judgy, but I was like, oh, this was like, it was written by, like, you know, a teenage boy or something, it was like a lot of, uh, he he had the dialogue down and stuff like that, but some of the scenes are like, oh, and Black Widow gets up like a bat or something like that, uh-huh. and it's like, it, it, there were a lot of oof moments and I was like I don't feel as bad about my writing if this guy is getting paid all this <laughs> I think I deserve to be paid a little more than him for my writing <laughs> so uh, if, if one thing helps me sleep at night seeing seeing at least one example of his work and being like oh that's really how you know how it is and how he acts then maybe you know
1: oh, we let the world decide <laughs> It's so interesting how, like, times change and things... like Because there was a time when Joss Whedon seemed like he was, like, on the progressive forefront of kind of moving the conversation forward on things like um, gender, at least. Not race. He was never really good with that. But, you know, I mean, some people just seem to age out of that. And, like, yeah. what was pioneering 30 years ago, 20 years ago, then times change. Suddenly you're like, maybe the best thing to do is step aside yeah, and let someone point. new uh, come in who has the next generation of 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 ideas to yeah go forward with things yeah do you have other thoughts because i do uh-huh. have a, a, fu- a fun comment i'd like to read
0: yeah let's let's hear what did that say.
1: all right i just wanted to read this it says uh rogvald j dandy dude can you finish a sentence before you jump in mid-word to another please and wrong fault, I'll tell you, what I can do is, you know what I was thinking the other day is that I love lunch, and I, we have another topic we're going to go to, but yes, I can do that, wrong fault. Also says, uh, if you're going to avoid or not like a franchise because of its creator's behavior, I have some bad news for you, you won't be watching anything out of Hollywood. Eh, I mean, I think there's a difference between, I mean, I, I do believe that there are no, that, that, I, I do believe that there are no unproblematic people. Like, every single person, yes, they're human, they have flaws, they're going to have issues. Yeah. I do also believe that there are degrees, though. I do believe that you can draw lines, and I do believe that you can try to move forward. And honestly, I'm not sure if this is going to sink Joss Whedon. It it depends on so many things, Mm -hmm. but um, we'll just see how it plays out.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, any other thoughts? It's pronounced Ronald. Okay, I got you, Ronald. It is, it's spelled interestingly. There's a a, a G and a V in there, but I got it, Ronald, thank you. All right, All right. so after the controversial topics, um, we're on to what we're watching. Are you watching Mm -hmm. anything, Mia? Watching any TV, Um, movies, any books, any video games?
0: I got a chance to check out the Will Ferrell Eurovision movie. (laughs) Have you heard about that one? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams play two Icelandic um, singers, and they really want to get into Eurovision, which is like the uh, uh, continent wide competition show, sing competition that happens in Europe. Um, you know what? In my review, I gave it a not so great score, but it's only because it's like, it, it's not like one of those classic Will Ferrell movies. I feel like he's kind of moved on from his awesome days, you know, like with Anchorman and uh, Talladega Nights and Step Brothers, he's kind of like reached just like, just okay point. (laughs) And I felt like that's what this movie was like, but I think people will still like it. It's like, you know, he's goofy. He's got a really weird, really terrible accent. Uh, Pierce Brosnan in it, though, he plays his father. And he has like, he has the best acting in the entire, uh, in the entire movie. And I'm like, I think this is a little too good uh, of acting <laughs> for this type of film. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> um, and then Dan Stevens of, you know, Downton Abbey, Beauty and the Beast, plays this uh, just eccentric Russian singer. Um, and it's funny to get to see him be a little goofy and to get on stage and wear all these crazy outfits. Um, so it, it was kind of, it, it was funny wasn't his best but i think people still like it either way if they haven't seen it it's will ferrell so uh yeah and for fantasy people there's a there's a little element of fantasy in there but i don't want (laughs) to spoil it for anybody mike 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 you're mute i'm mute
1: Sorry. There we go. <laughs> it's about, like, Icelanders, right? In Scandinavia. Yeah. So, like, you know, yeah. there's always a Viking connection. I saw someone tweet, I forget who it was, I'm sorry if you are watching this, that Will Ferrell is, like, in his Bill Murray in the 90s phase, when he's, like, kind of straddling between Ooh. his old wacky stuff and becoming, like, a character actor. Yeah. So, we'll see how that progresses. Um, <laughs> I really liked Lisa's comment here. I think for fans, just uh, going back to the discussion about um, actors, directors, canceling public behavior. I think for fans, it's kind of confusing when so many actors still work with uh, these filmmakers, which I agree with. Um, like, is it, it, the proper response for an actor to swear off working with someone, or is it to take the check so you can, like, have a livelihood and feed your family and then, you know, push forward a more progressive agenda in ways that you can? Because, I mean, like, you got to eat, but then, like, we're discussing, like, major... But, like, Ray Fisher is not really a major actor. Um, as I said, like, it was his first screen role. I think it's complicated. Man. And um, I think it's always a tricky quagmire to navigate. And I, I do believe that there are no unproblematic people that are just complete saints. But, it, but, but just because someone is maybe not an ideal paragon of virtue 24 seven, you still take everything everyone says seriously and give it, you know, the respect it deserves. Yeah. And then you, uh, make your decision. (laughs) I do disagree with you. When you said the court of public opinion is kind of like a court of law. I do feel like we're, 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 we're pretty good, at least in the Twitter verse, in the discussion verse about, we, we don't really need proof to, um, (laughs) to, to condemn someone like just yesterday folk were getting on Christopher Nolan about this whole thing where he apparently mm. bans chairs from his yeah, sets. Yeah, yeah. And today it came out like, no, he doesn't. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of chairs. <laughs> like, um, this is obviously a more serious situation, but I do think it pays to just keep in mind that listen to people who have things to say, but also, like, do the research, too. Like, yeah. Um, there are angles to everything. Yeah. Oh, does. by the way, and Ronald is watching, dove into 80s roots with, uh, fantasy schlock like Hawk the Slayer of Wrath, Beastmaster. I remember that stuff. I like I, I would be best when I was a kid. Oh, wow. Um, I just finished up with Penny Dreadful City of Angels, which is this uh, like 1930s film noir supernatural horror show on Showtime. Original Penny Dreadful was a, like, 1890s English Victorian horror show. Okay, um, now the first season is over. It was very, very ambitious. It was so ambitious, Mia. It's like, it's got all these characters. It's like, it's about this kind of, this Mexican-American family. One of them's a police officer in the LAPD. His partner is Nathan Lane. One of them joins, like, the Christian revivalist movement going on in L.A. at that time. One of them becomes a Pachuco gangster. Um, the other is part of a union there's a like a, a German transplant who's a doctor and he's part of like the German-American Bund which is like a pro-German organization this is all before World War II by the way but he's not a Nazi he's like a nice ex-German and he gets involved with Natalie Dormer who's a demon who's trying to get him to be worse and she also plays a Mexican gangster that was a bad decision by the way shouldn't have done that um, they should really recast that part if they have a second season. And she also plays um, like a Jewish assistant to this secretly gay councilman who's trying to get a racist uh, freeway through the Mexican-American part of town. There's so much going on. There's so much going on. And there's like a goddess of death who's also around. And we get into like the Christian revivalist bit. And now that I've seen the whole first season, it doesn't really come together. <laughs> like, oh, man, <laughs> I... I always liked that it had so many, um, uh, like just so much it was trying. I, I appreciated that. And, and for a while I was like, I wonder what, like, how's it all gonna turn out? And it ends up like, just kind of didn't. Um, it, it was pretty messy. But it's it so committed, I, I did kind of um, like it for that. And apparently, mm-hmm. they definitely end on there's more to come. I sort of doubt if it will, just because I don't think many <laughs> folks were watching, and it, it really was quite um, messy is what I keep wanting to say. Mm. But good actors, good directing, um, just swinging for the fences with all of their might, and maybe not quite um, hitting it. But but <laughs> but I appreciate the hustle.
0: All right, sorry, all
1: city of angels.
0: Yeah, it felt like a lot was going on, uh, but you know, I guess hats off to them for trying to pull it off.
1: <laughs> As Ronald says, he is recording Penelope to watch on mass when the whole season is out, and that Natalie Dormer is more talented than we is more talented than we deserve. I agree with that. Like Natalie Dormer, oh, she's yes. really, really good. She plays three roles, four roles, I guess, and she's convincing in all of them except the Mexican American gangster. That was like, what are you doing? This, yeah, I don't know. Someone had to tell you that was a bad idea. Like surely someone said that. Um, Everyone's really good. That's good. Nathan Lane was like the best. Is the 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 most I've liked a Nathan Lane role in a while. He plays like mm-hmm. a a Jewish detective who's trying to stop the Nazis from behind the scenes. Like just again, like a lot of um, fun raw material that maybe yeah. might make it through the the processing stage.
0: All right. <laughs> well. Good to hear your your kind of overall review. I can't believe that's over already.
1: <laughs> right? It seems like the rest of the day. I wonder if it started when we were still in the office. No, I think it, I think uh, by the time oh, we did, yeah. we've been out of the office for so long now. It's also I want to mention again. I'm, I'm trying to watch that Perry Mason show, which is, is is also well made. And again, set at the exact same time, exact same place, exact uh-huh. same themes as Penny Dreadful, which is kind of weird. And finally, I started to watch. Um, Avatar: The Last Airbender again on Netflix. Oh. Which is, have you seen that?
0: No, that has kind of it's my generation, but kind of she just slipped under me. So I never like. I know there's a lot of people I know who love it, and just never like. It's nothing I watched.
1: <laughs> I think you would like it. Um, my my instinct tells me you would like it. It's a really yeah. good. Again, like very easily digestible, kind of a sweeping half hour epic. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I've seen
0: my, I was going to say my sister started watching it. She's younger than me. And, um, so I would like see if I'm, if I'm over there and around the house, I I've seen a couple episodes recently. She, she really loves it. Um, and so I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I won't say it. it's, it's not bad from what I've seen.
1: It definitely builds. I recommend it to you, me. I recommend it to anybody <laughs> watching who hasn't seen it as Ronald says, if you guys seen the last kingdom. Um, I am watching it now. I'm finally getting into it, Ronald. I, Put it off for a long time I, I always knew it was supposed to be great i'm now watching the first season i'm getting through it so oh. we're gonna do more of that and i like it a lot it's definitely rich and also i still love what we do in the shadows it's just getting better yeah it's just <laughs> get, it's just improving on the second season definitely watch that half our vampire show could do better can do no wrong all right anything else anyone is watching want to share Mia or anyone else watching there. Ooh, Lisa says that she's still trying to finish Midsummer Murders, 21 season only and season nine. <laughs> that, should, that should take you um, a nice, healthy amount of time, Lisa. Best of luck to you. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: And oh, Terry so says, Pull
1: Yeah, you're on Pull Dark Island. All right. Any other thoughts, Mia, before we go off?
0: Oh, no, no, no. For all the, I guess, American listeners out there, we've got Independence Day coming up. So happy Independence Day to everyone, 4th of July. <laughs>
1: yeah. Stay safe, stay Mashed, yeah. et cetera, and so forth. No gatherings, more than, you know, 600 people. Try to keep it under that. Oh, or, yeah. Or uh, whatever your site allows. And if you want more videos, articles, prizes from us, I'll just drop a link to the Wit Club in here. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we can buy a Wick Club t-shirt and get on the list for articles, videos, and prizes. And Lisa says, I'm so glad you're enjoying what we do in the shadows. I knew you would. It's so good. It's so fun. <laughs> I'm like halfway through season two. What are we? Werewolves, not swearwolves. I'm sure that's a line from, I don't recall it yet. And we'll be back next week, Wednesday, for, <laughs> it's it's cool, Ronald. uh <laughs> next week, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Here on the Winners coming Facebook page for more vital Take the Black Live discussion. Mm -hmm. Thanks for watching, everybody. Bye bye
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working...